In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, and my song. This cornerstone, this falling ground, burned in the fiercest drought and storm.
shake the bride. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. Why don't you stand with us? Let's sing together. Give me your hand. Let's agree together. Brother Ray.
Good Vince, can I ask you to come please open the service in a word of prayer? Amen. Just in this atmosphere of praise, we do have a couple requests that we want to remember. And Brother Norm is just asking me to please continue to pray for Sister Heidi Neighbor. She has severe back pain this week and is needing a touch from the Lord. Also, there's a note to please remember Sister Mary Borthick in Glasgow, Scotland. She was suffering from chronic arthritis. Amen. May the Lord just be with them and grant them a healing touch. If there's a need on your heart, we know he sees every hand. And with those words on our lips, we've got the power in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Brother Ray, would you come, please? Let us pray. Our eternal Heavenly Father, what a joy it is, O oh God, to walk into the house of the Lord tonight, knowing that we are now in a place of liberty where we can give you praise, glory, and honor that is due to your name. Thank you, Almighty God, for indeed you have restored power in a believer today. By the restoration of your word in this hour, we can sing these songs of Zion with such a revelation of God that we have got the power. We have got the authority, O oh God, Lord Jesus, to come into thy courts with praise and thanksgiving. Not only in thy courts, Father, but to approach thee boldly, knowing, O oh God, that, Father, the invitation has been made. Oh, Father, what a joy it is, Father, that we can lay aside the troubles of the day just to come and give you worship, to come and give you praise and adoration, because we love you with all of our hearts. Lord Jesus, we've got these two needs that have been penned before us. They were penned because, Father, there is faith behind the hand that brought these things, Father. We are believing, oh God, that your hand is not too short, that you can visit, Father, these two circumstances. Lord, wherein, Father, there is healing that is needed. Father, for we, beneath our hearts, we know that even some things that you, even you cannot do, Lord Jesus, you have never seen the righteous forsaken. You have never seen a sinner that can save himself. Lord, therefore, when we come to you, Father, we are coming to the double-breasted one, to the one that we can nurse from, oh God, and know that, Father, all our disappointments can be satisfied, for this is what Calvary means to us. Therefore, for this need that our dear brother Norm has placed, we pray, O oh God, that may you visit this need, O oh God, and provide, Father, according to your riches and glory. For this sister in Scotland, Glasgow, Father, your hand knows no distance, O oh God. Even in this very self-same moment, you are able, O oh Father, to go and visit this very need. And Father, you can all, Father, supply according to the faith that has penned this need. Knowing, Almighty God, that Father, indeed, Almighty God, you are here to supply everything that we ask of thee according to your riches and glory, according to the good measure, Father, of your will for each and every one of our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for we are in the house of God. For the minister that you have chosen, Lord, to come and speak, oh Father, we pray that may you speak through him, hear you through your people. Father, this is a, a, a unity of theophanies. This is a fellowship, Lord of gods. Father, for you've placed your word in us 
and we hide behind that word. We pray that you hide the minister behind the shadow of the cross. May you make him narrow in his own wisdom. And may you, Father, bring the oracles of God directly straight to our hearts. For you are the only one, Father, that knows exactly what we need in our hearts today. Oh, Father, may, you, may our hearts burn within us. May you take us beyond the heartburn experience. Wherein, Father, we can certainly fellowship with the Shekinah glory in the presence, Heavenly Father, of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord Jesus. Continue with us in this service, even as we feel your presence already. We just trust, oh God, that our hearts are warm. Make them tender, that whatever the Spirit would say to the church today, it may find a receptive ground. Father, the seed of your word can be born in the manger of our hearts tonight. We love you, Lord Jesus. Come and take all the glory and the honor and begin with us and end with us. And we shall be careful to give you praise, glory and honor in all. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Why don't you greet the brother and the sister standing next to you and you're welcome to have your seats. There's a group of young sisters that has a special for us, so why don't you just come immediately? We're not going to have a song, so you can just come up and get ready at this time. Sister Marie Victoria, Sister, uh, Sister Lily Rose, Sister Ray, and some of the others. Why don't you go ahead and come at this time? We do want to greet you all in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're happy to have each, of you one, each one of you here this evening. Happy to have our brother Timothy Pruitt here to speak to us and some of his family. Sister Ruth, God bless you. Welcome. Amen. We just want the Lord to have his way this evening. We do have one announcement for a vehicle in the parking lot that left its lights on. So if you drive a Ford pickup with a U.S. plate, D11607A, you're going to want to get out there and take care of that. Amen. After this, we'll just turn the service to our brother Timothy and give him his full liberty. Amen. God bless you. Save of my 
Back at watch night that I haven't been able to get away from, so maybe we could just sing that together as we turn the service to our brother Tom and invite our brother Timothy. I'm just going to play it from the piano here so I have a little mercy on our musicians. But sing it with me. This is not a special. We're going to sing together, Egypt, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah. I think most of us know it, so let's just sing that together as we turn the service to our brother Tom. first 
to pray, saints. Some of us need to open up our lips and lift up our hands and glorify the King of glory. Amen. There's deliverance in praise. There's victory in praise. Amen. And you don't have victory tonight. Start praising him. Start glorifying him. Hallelujah. If Israel can defeat the enemy by praise and worship, surely the people that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb can worship him in spirit and in truth tonight. Amen. We're a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Is he your victory? Has he parted your Red Sea? Amen. Miriam, how old was Miriam when she was on the banks with her tambourine? You know, uh, Moses was in his 80s, and she was much older than Moses, and she was in her mid-80s, late 80s. My goodness, I'd like to see a few of you sisters. Glory be to God. Listen, tomorrow we might be in some workplace we don't want to be, but tonight we're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Michael's home. Hallelujah. We're happy for that. Safe and sound, little weary, but hallelujah. Amen. And we have a guest speaker tonight, and I can say hallelujah. Brother Timothy Pruitt. He's not somebody we have to introduce really, but he's been a wonderful friend. He's associate to his dad in Evening Light Tabernacle in Louisiana. He has his dear wife, Sister Ruth, and daughter Katie. God bless you. Nice to have you up, Katie, in this beautiful Pacific Northwest. But we're in Canada, so we're not the Pacific Northwest. We're the North-South-West, something like that anyway. But nice to have you here, nice to have you here. Gary, nice to see you, Brother Gary. Is this your first time back? Let's give Brother Gary an applause. <laughs> Amen, looks good, looks good on you. Right, Jeremiah, looks good. Amen, we're happy to be in the house of the Lord. We're happy to have our Brother Timothy Pruitt here. Brother Timothy spoke at our 50th anniversary, had a wonder, wonderful, wonderful service. And I just pray and, and trust, and I know that the Holy Spirit has something for us. You know, you think about all this changes that are going on. Brother Timothy had to be rerouted through Vancouver. That's weird. Like you come from Louisiana and you gotta go through Vancouver. You know, normally there's Calgary and there's other cities you can go through but God had it in his mind to change the whole rerouting system and you might think well that's a big step I'll take that step because I know the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and I believe brother Timothy by the grace of God God's put put something on your heart for us tonight we want you to have full liberty and we love you dearly and God bless you let's just sing that chorus one more time you're the God who fights for me.
dear Father, what an honor it is to be here tonight, Lord. And we just ask, Father, you just come and speak to our hearts. Or just feel your closeness, Lord, around us. Know, Lord, you're working, Lord, even when we don't see it, we know you're working. Lord, we know you're moving, you're orchestrating, Father. We just want to step into the place where you'd have us to be. We just ask, Lord, you'll just meet each need tonight. God, a, a child could turn the pages of a Bible, but it takes you to anoint it and to reveal it to our hearts. Lord, if you'll just come in the building, Lord, that's all that matters. Lord, I believe when you come, healings can take place, deliverances can take place, salvation, Lord, can take place. God, because you are a God that heals and delivers and saves and sets free. Father, we just want to thank you for this opportunity. We ask, Lord, that take these thoughts that you've given us, Lord, and just bless them tonight by your abundant mercy, we pray. We commit this service to your hands and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You turn your Bibles to Zechariah chapter 4. It's uh, good to be in the house of the Lord with you. Amen. As Brother uh, Tom alluded to, it wasn't something exactly planned but by me, but apparently it was planned by God. And so uh, I truly believe that, that the footsteps of, the, of a righteous or a good man are ordered of the Lord. And sometimes you just think you're walking and you're just doing things and things are just happening, but all the while God's doing something. So we just want to allow him to do what he wants to do. Amen. And so I do bring you greetings from our home assembly and from my father, Brother Tim. And, and um, he said to be sure and greet the saints and, his, and share his love and, uh, to, to each one of you. And, and thankful for all your prayers and things that you've given to on our behalf for our family. Amen. They've been felt and we've been blessed by that. And we appreciate that. Amen. It's good to have my wife and daughter with me today. And we're on our way to Brother uh, Kelly Hildebrand's for a weekend of meetings. And we're just seemed to want to make a pit stop here. So we're going to make a pit stop. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1. It said, The angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. And said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I've looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and the seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes, just the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by, by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We'll let you be seated. Uh, I... Um, <clears throat> been at some time, some for some time on the subject of light at our home, and been speaking about different things about light, and and uh, it's kind of a hard subject to get away from because I prefer light over darkness. Amen. I, I'm glad to be a child of the light. 
Amen. And I once was a child of darkness and walked in darkness and were in dark places, but God, rich in mercy, reached down and shined his light upon my life, and, and I'm forever thankful for that. I know you are too as well. Tonight, I, I'd just like to take a thought on the light, the fire, the light, the fire. You know, it is something very wonderful that we're, that of course, the time we're living in, we believe we're in a time of exodus, a time of leaving here, a time of uh, uh, we're not sojourning as, 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 as to uh, go into another church age. We believe we're in the last church age. And we believe we're at the exit or the exodus of leaving here and going into another world, unto another place. And, and I've been thinking about the exodus, you know, as the first and second and third exodus. And every one of them had similarities. There was every one of them, uh, there was taxation or there was uh, money problems. There was issues around every one of them. You can look at the first exodus. You know, they had to make brick without straw. They had to, there's more burdens upon the people. And then the second exodus is the same. And in our time, we, we know the time that we're living in, what we're dealing with, with the inflation and things that are going on. There's also the killing of children around every exodus. And, 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 it's, uh, and then and many other, and then there was a prophet around every exodus. There was a light at every exodus. And, and so there's a lot of similarities and a lot of things that we could look at tonight. But there was a light that would lead and there was a light that would guide and it was called the pillar of fire. And I believe we still have that pillar of fire in the church of God this evening. And I believe he's still ministering and touching hearts and leading us to a destination, to a, a desired place. Maybe not what we intended or what we thought we would do or how we thought we would be, but the pillar of fire is leading God's children. And I, I was looking at this thought on the light, the fire, because I believe that we can read, we're going to read many scriptures as we go through this, that God is a God of fire. He's described as fire. He's He's envelops or he, he's, he's enveiled in fire, uh, you know, as a pillar of fire or as the angel of fire. And, and so this is, this is what we're looking at here as, as, as Zacharias said, he was in a deep sleep or he was a, in a sleepy state, but he was awaking, awaking out of that stupor or out of that place to see something. And I'm thankful we are people that were one time in darkness or one time were asleep but God in his mercy awoke us and awakened our senses and our faith to believe in something that he was trying to show to our generation. And we see that, the, that, that he saw a lamp that was of pure gold. And Brother Brandon would bring this out in the Patmos vision. He said it was burning brightly because it had plenty of oil, which was getting the oil from the two olive trees that would stand on one side and one on the other. And he said those two trees represented the Old Testament and the New Testament. And he said, of course, the oil typifies, or typifies the Holy Ghost, who alone, who alone can only give the light of God to God's people. Amen. It's the Holy Ghost that gives the light. It's the fire of God. The angel who spoke to Zacharias was as much as saying, this is what you see means that the church cannot accomplish anything by its own might or by its own power, but it will only accomplish something by the Holy Ghost. Amen. By the Holy Ghost. And, and you see, uh, as we look at that, there had to be something that would bring that oil, amen, to the top. It had to be something that was in that a candlestick that would bring, you couldn't just put any kind of substance there. You couldn't put anything. You couldn't put a dried stick there. It wouldn't do the work. Or you couldn't put a piece of metal down in there. It wouldn't do it. It had to be what was called a wick. And Brother Brown would talk about that wick. And he said, that wick is our faith. He said, it's, it's, to, be, it's to be dipped into the Holy Ghost and it's to put 
pull the fire of God up through that, up through that channel to bring light, amen, to a dying world. He said, when you got your faith on one end of it on fire for the glory of God and the other dipped in God's Holy Ghost oil, there's going to be a shining light just as certain as I'm standing in this pulpit tonight. Amen. I, I believe that's what we're desiring. Amen. Our faith to be dipped in the oil of God, but not just be dipped, but also be lit. Amen. And so he said, but let's examine this lampstand. He said, you will notice it had a large bowl or reservoir that was essential to the seven arms that come out of it. The bowl is filled with olive oil, which flows through the seven wicks, which are placed in the seven arms. It's the same oil that burns and makes the light at the end of seven pipes. That light never went out. And he said that, light, that lamp was lit in a very special way. First, the priest would take fire from the sacred altar, which was originally lighted by the fire of God. Amen. So I'm thankful that our fire is not a fire lit by man. It's not a fire that's lit by man's decrees or man's ideas, but our fire has been lit by the original fire of God. Amen. And he would then take that fire and he would light the first candle and then the second and then the third and then the fourth and then the fifth, the same fire going one to the other, to the other, to the other, all the way until the seven lamps were all burning. That holy fire from the altar being passed from lamp to lamp is a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit throughout the seven church ages. The original outpouring of Pentecost, which outpouring, that outpouring which came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat is now enduing his church through all the seven church ages. And it's showing perfectly that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The never changing God in his essence and ways. And he said, we'd go on, he would say, you know, Jesus would speak about it. He would talk about it. Jesus would say, I am the vine, he are the branches. He was the main vine, which comes out of the original root from the original seed that had the life in it. The vine itself does not bear fruit. It's the branches that bear fruit. He said, now you could take, and you know the different times he would take this thought. He would take, he'd see a, a tree one time that was maybe an orange tree, and, and, but it would have all kind of citrus fruit, fruits on it. It would have a lemon. It would have a grapefruit. It'd have a tangelo. It'd have all kinds of variety. Why? He said, because they would take that same kind of life or similar thing, similar life to it, and they would graft it into those branches. And out of it would come this one and that one and that one, grapefruits and this. But the original life of that tree was an orange tree. And Brother Brandon would talk about that. He would say, he said, that's the way the church is. He said, the vine has been split and limbs have been grafted in. We've grafted in Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterian and Pentecostal limbs. Those limbs are bearing Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Presbyterian fruit. He said, but when that vine ever brings forth another branch of itself, that branch will be exactly like the vine itself. It'll have the same kind of branch that was brought forth at Pentecost, it'll speak in tongues, it'll prophesy, it'll have signs and wonders of the resurrected Jesus Christ in it because it's thriving on the natural resources of the vine itself. And I'm thankful I can say tonight that that vine has not run out of resources. Amen. It still has just as much healing in it, just as much power in it, just as much salvation in it, just as much Holy Ghost in it. Whatever you have need of, that vine has plenty of. 
Amen. He would talk about, we could go through many of them. You could just go to look up unlimited resources or untapped resources. He said, when, he said, some people, he said, the brethren, they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they say, this is the summit. This is the all of it. He said, brethren, that's wrong. There's no summit to God's power. Hallelujah. It just moves on and on and on. It's men that try to put summits. It's men that tries to cap it off. But God has no cap to his power. He has no limits to his power. There's no limits to his salvation. There's no limits to his healing. There's no limits to his deliverance. He says, see, it's an unlimited resource of God, and it hasn't never been tapped yet. Blessings and powers that we know nothing about. Come on now. This is what we're tapped. This is what we're into. Amen. We're not tapping ourselves into some man's creed or some man's dogma. Amen. It wasn't the priest that lit the fire. It wasn't the prophet that lit the fire. It was God himself that lit the fire. Hallelujah. So the fire that is burning is not a man-made decree or a man-made. You're not here tonight by some man-made decree. You're here by God's decree. And God has placed something on the inside of you and it's burning out of your life. Amen. You can't help but be who you are. An orange tree can't help but be an orange tree. A pine tree can't help but be a pine tree. That's the life that's inside of that. Neither can a Christian help but be a Christian. Neither can a child of God help but be a child of God. It's the life that's pulling through them. It's unlimited. We have unlimited powers tonight. Amen. Let's just tap our faith into it. Because this bowl has not run dry. Amen. He said, see, let's move right on up and claim our God-given rights. As God opens the gates and swings out the welcome mat, let's move into deeper depths. He said, never colonize ourselves or organize ourselves and to get to a place where we believe this and that's all. Let's believe this plus how much more we can hear from God. Amen. But many times where our, our requests to God are limited because of our faith in what he can do and who he is and, and how he operates. And we got our minds that he only does things certain ways and it's only this way how he can act. Amen. But God is an unlimited place. An unlimited being, amen. He's not limited by our human minds. He wants to do unlimited things here tonight. Amen. Listen, but he wants, you know, Brother Branham said, you know, it's, it's just as easy to ask for big things as it is to ask for little things. Because you're talking to a big God. You're talking to somebody who has the answer to the questions of your life and the situation. You're talking to somebody that can heal the worst case, that can save the worst case. Doesn't matter how far they're out there and how impossible it seems. Amen. God is more than able. But you know, there's a story of a king who was having court with his subjects and, and they was going to give them some desires that they may have. And some were asking for a chicken and some were coming asking for a duck and others were maybe asked for a horse. And, and finally a man comes up and says, you know what, king, I want a castle. I want about a thousand acres of land. 
I want, I want a gold. I want gold. I want silver. I want all of these. And he lists out this big old list. And the king looks at him and says, Granted. And he walks off, and the man says, what do you mean? Others were asking for ducks and chickens and this, that, and the other. And, you, and this man comes and asks for all of that, and you give it to him. He said, finally, somebody, come ask a king something only a king can give. Is there somebody here tonight that's willing to ask a king only something a king can give? and saying, God, I have a son. I have a daughter. I have this. I have that. I want it, God. Grant it. Grant it. He's a God with unlimited resources, with unlimited power. Listen, you see. Yes. Grant it. Hallelujah. Hey, you say, what do you mean, Brother Timothy? I'm not granting it. It's already been granted. Hallelujah. It's time we start moving into those places. Amen. Quit our little petty requests. Amen. Start asking God for big things. Amen. Yeah, well, what does he, does he answer the little? Sure he does. But let's uh, start asking the king. Amen. He says, he says, see, you see, it, it, what that vine, you see, it wasn't grafted. That, that original, that branch that comes forth out of the original wasn't grafted. It was born in the vine. When those other branches are grafted in, all they could do is bear their own fruit, for they were not born of the vine. They don't know about that original life, that original fruit. They don't know, for they were not born of it. If they had been born of it, the same life that was in the original stem, Jesus, would have come through them and manifested and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Brother Brandon would bring that out. He said, We know we don't do things greater. It's more. He said, because it's not one man anymore, it's many members. And let me tell you, God's doing many things. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but Brother Ron Spencer on January the 5th got up and said, he went to the ophthalmologist, and the, and the ophthalmologist looked at his eyes and said, took a picture and said, look, he said, I can show you a picture where there was cancer, now I can show you one where there's not. Hallelujah. About three years ago, we was together in Sarasota, Florida, and he has a vision of going into a horrible pit. He said it was the most horrible thing, destruction and things all around him. And he gets down at the bottom of it, and there's this little girl, young lady at the bottom, and he reached and said, you want to get out of here? And she said, yeah. He grabs her by the hand. He said, we turned, and we went to the light. Well, just this past Sunday, that girl has given her heart to the Lord and was singing with Brother Andrew. He, t- he texted me, said, vision, horrible pit. Girl at the bottom, got her by the hand, let's climb. 
Hallelujah. That ought to be our same declaration. Let's climb. Let's climb out of our depression. Let's climb out of our anxiety. Let's climb out of our fear. Let's climb out of this old world and let's go home. Hallelujah. So God's doing amazing things. Amen. You know, we just had a young lady uh, that just came to the Lord just a few Wednesday nights ago. It was a Wednesday night, kind of like this Wednesday night. Wasn't planned. Normally, I take the services at home on Wednesday night and, and on Tuesday, the Tuesday before. My, me and my dad and a few brothers are sitting at a restaurant eating a lunch. And he says, look, he said, I got, just got a text from Brother Matthew McGarry. He said he would like to come visit us and to have some time. I said, well, tell him to come. Preach tomorrow night. And that's, how, that's just how it went. And then he was there that next night. And he gets up, and we didn't know. We, this just young, young lady had, had married a young man that had, had, had been raised in the message, and, and, and kind of, they kind of fell, or he had fell away from it, and, and even claimed to be an agnostic and things, and all. I don't know what all. But anyway, marries this girl who was a recovering drug addict, and she had tried to do everything that she could do to get rid of those drugs. She had tried every help station, help, uh, 12 help programs. She had tried every, listen, 12 help programs won't help drugs. It won't help pornography. It won't help any kind of sin. The only thing that will take care of it is the Holy Ghost. Is the fire of God to burn it out. You can educate them all you want to. Education and reformation, it'll hold somebody just so long. Listen, I don't even want to get into it, but how long has your New Year's resolutions held you? (laughs) To the first big meal you see. (laughs) Amen. Another sermon, another time, another place. Glory. But anyway, here she comes. We didn't know she was even back in town. We didn't have no way. They'd kind of fallen out of sight, out of mind. Thought she was in Tennessee. She shows up that same Wednesday night. Brother Matt gets up and preaches her life to her. It was a life he had also lived and what he had also done and how God was rich in mercy had prepared him a place. And she found herself in an altar that night and was weeping her way to Calvary. She would meet my dad just a few days later and she said, Brother Tim, she said, I went to every kind of church. I went to every kind of health program. I've tried everything. But all I know is that night on that altar, I met somebody I ain't never met before. She said, I heard about the message. I heard all the rules and dresses and no makeup. And I didn't know what I was going to do about that. And I didn't know how I was going to get rid of my piercings. I love my, pier- my piercings and all that. I didn't know what I was going to do. She said, but when I got up from that altar, I didn't want to dress like a whore no more. I didn't want no girl or no man lusting after me. I wanted God. Come on, somebody. That is the fire of God. That's the light. She got baptized this last Sunday on fire. Amen. Not a fire lit by man. It was a fire lit by God. He said this, this candle. Good night. I'm going to hurry. 
These candles, uh, they said it could speak of the messengers. You know, he goes and talks about the messenger, how, how thrilling these seven lamps drawing life from the same resource because their wicks are dipped in the same bowl. Each church age messenger is depicted here. His life is on fire with the Holy Ghost. Remember that. On fire with the Holy Ghost. His wick or life is also immersed in Christ. Though that wick, through that wick, he's drawing the very life of Christ. And by it gives out light to the church. What kind of light is he given? The very same light that was lit in the first lamp. Right on down to the ages, to the present time, he says, to the last day messenger, the same life, the same light is manifested by a life that's hid with Christ and God. He said, but listen now, he said, that can, we can, not only can we speak thus of the messengers, but every true believer is dramatically depicted right here. They're all drawing from the same source. That's why we have a kindred spirit among us. Amen. You can meet somebody, amen, that's across the world, and they become family to you in just a moment. It's amazing how that takes place. They're dead to themselves. They, they've been dipped in the same bowl. They're dead to themselves, and their lives are hid in Christ and God. They're sealed in by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4, 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed in the day of your redemption. And no man can pluck them out of his hand. Their lives cannot be tampered with. And the visible life is burning burning and shining and giving light and manifestations of the Holy Ghost. The inner invisible life is hidden in God and fed by the Lord's word. Satan can't touch them. Not even death can touch them. So we want a fire that's been lit by God. Not by man. Amen. Not even lit by my own decree. I want it to be lit by God. We can read in Leviticus chapter 10 of, of Aaron's sons that would come into the, uh, and offer a strange fire. It was a strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. In other words, it was a man-made fire. They were supposed to take the, same, uh, the coals off the same altar that the fire had never went out on and take those same ones and light it. But here they come with something different, something new, something maybe better, they thought. Listen, we're not looking for new light. Look up that, Brother Bram talks about. We're not looking for new light. Amen. We've been, we've been, we have received the light of this hour. And it's the same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. But, listen, we can't just talk about a day of Pentecost. And the fire that was there, the fire has to be here too. The same light has to be here too. The same God has to be here too. Amen. Amen. These lamps, he would talk about it. He said these lamps had to be lit by the fire that God had lit. Aaron's sons went in with some strange fire and God slew them at the door. He said if a man tries to go in the holies of holies, if somebody tried to go or start in the holy holies without coming through there, he died. Aaron's son took strange fire one day, some denominational fire, he calls it, when it wasn't denominational fire and they died at the door. They were to take from the same fire that God originally lit. And in not doing so, it brought death. And it'll do it again today. Some man wants to light a fire, and he wants to make some rules or regulations and some this or that, some 12 help throw a program to help somebody, a strange fire. Yeah. 
We want the fire of God. Amen. We must be careful that we come not with man-made ideas or man-made fire, but we must get the original fire that was lit by God. Man today, even in the natural realm, man today is playing with fire and has broken into God's laboratory and created his own fire. And, he, and he's, he's going to bring death to untold millions by nuclear destruction. It will destroy and kill millions of innocent people. Why? Because they're making their own fire. Man's always been attracted to fire. Fire has an attraction to it. That's why, you know, it come on the burning bushes. This is what happened because God dwells in fire. And so he knows how to get man's attention. So he comes down in a bush and this bush wasn't burning. And Moses sees it. And he said, well, I'm going to have to go check that out because something's up. And so God called his people by fire. It's what the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush. God led his people by fire. It said in Psalm 78, 78, 14, then he led them with a cloud by day and, a night, and by night a light of fire. He, God is described as fire. It said in Exodus 15, you overthrow your adversaries by your great majesty. Majesty, you unleash your burning wrath and it consumed them like stubble. Exodus 24, 17 said, The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the mountaintop before the eyes of Israel. Deuteronomy 4, 24 says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire. Amen. 2 Samuel 22, 9 says, Smoke rose from his nostrils and consuming fire from his mouth. Glowing coals blaze forth. Psalms 97 says, fire goes before him and consumes his enemy on every side. Isaiah 33, 14 said, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling grips grips the ungodly. Who of us can dwell with a consuming fire? Who of us can dwell with everlasting flames? Daniel 7, 9 said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garments were white as snow and hair of his head were pure like wool. His throne was like a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. So man tries now, you know, if they, they can't get the original fire, they try to replicate the fire. And, and then man tries to decree. And, and when he builds a fire, you know, when you build a fire, you want to decree how big it's going to get. Where it's going to burn, how it's going to be, and you know, all these things. I mean, because you, you don't want it to get out of control, right? And so you try to decree it, and that's what man has tried to do with the fire of God. They've tried to decree it. It can only get so big, it can only do so much, it can only burn so wide, it can only be in a certain way. You can't control the fire of God. You know, I was actually doing a study on the born of the fire some years back, and I was looking at the, uh, the redwoods or the sequoias, or maybe they're the same thing. But anyway, the big trees in California, and they drop a little seed to the ground. And you know the only way that seed can ever come to life, it has to be burnt by fire. 
And through their own studies, they begin to realize that man is actually making it to where the redwoods will one day no longer exist because they're trying to decree where the fire can burn and where it can't burn because they don't want it to burn down their man-made buildings and their man-made ways and their man-made stuff. So they try to limit it in how it can be. And therefore, they have now made it to where they cannot reproduce life by decreeing how a fire is going to be. We got to be careful in that. We cannot decree how God's fire will burn. He knows that that seed on the inside has to have fire to live. Amen. It has to have a burning fire come on the inside of it and change it forever. And out of that fire and out of that chaos and out of that moment can come life. He said, could you imagine somebody standing at a platform saying the baptism of the Holy Ghost and divine healing, that's for another day. Well, that in the denominations? Yes. But do you know it's also in our message ranks? It's for another day. It's like trying to introduce a man freezing to death and paint some fire from it and say, here's a fine fire, get warm. You can't get warm by painted fire. It can look all as real as it can look. It can be in 3D. It can even be on a screen and be flickering. It can have motion to it and things going on. But it still just be as dead as dead can be. And that's what it is. You know, I, I, you know, people think when you preach on fire, you're trying to get somebody in a certain emotional realm. No, I understand. I, but let me tell you, when fire does come, it does bring emotion. But I, 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 how many has ever been burnt? <laughs> yeah, buddy. I was, I was doing something the other day with, with, for my son. He just got married and was putting a little kitchenette, kitchenette up there upstairs in my dad's house. And so uh, I was doing cutting a board, and I've been cutting it with this little vibrating saw. I love that little saw. And it, and, it go, and, and uh, I laid it down, and I wished to grab something, and I wasn't looking. I grabbed, and I grabbed the blade. That baby was hot. <laughs> it, it had been catching a little friction there, and it got a little warm. I didn't just say, oh, wow, that was bad. No, ouch, that hurt. I'm going to look at myself like, where, where did it burn me? What happened? <laughs> Amen. And that was just a blade that got warmed up cutting a countertop. And you mean to tell me the fire of God can fall on somebody? And it burned out all the sin out of their life. And it burned the prison cells away. And they realized I can walk away from the fear and anxiety and being a sinner. And we're just walking out and say, well, that was a pretty good service. No. Listen, if the fire of God's ever hit you. It'll cause a reaction on the inside of you. You may not be able to do nothing but grab your hand. You may not be able to do nothing but that. Fire's real when it's a real fire. But it, sometimes it looks so wonderful. And you can walk up to it and, you know, you, you can put it on a screen, on a computer saver. And it whew, that looks so good. And I've seen people actually walk up and try to feel it. I'm like, what is going on here? 
that's not a real fire. I can build you one, but that's not a real one. But listen, we want a real fire. We don't even want to, I don't care how much jumping and carrying on it is. We don't want a painted fire in the church. But we want a real fire. But when the real fire comes, let him work. Let him burn wherever he wants to burn. Let him move how he wants to move. Listen, he says, he said, he talks about the day of Pentecost. He said, that was a fire one time. He said, but what about a fire now? The Holy Ghost had power at Pentecost through the first age, second age, and on down. But what about this age? He's the same Holy Ghost today. The same power, the same signs, the same wonders, the same miracles. Amen. If he can get the same kind of faith among the people, God don't change. Amen. He tells about a woman one time that was poverty stricken. And, uh, you know, she had a son that went to India and, to be a doctor. And he said, I think he changed careers and became an electrical engineer and this woman really in poverty. And so they, 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 they went to investigate it and they found the woman had, had you know, one support and that was her son who's a very wealthy man in India. Well, does not your son support you? And she said, well, just couldn't ask him. I'm his mother. I'd rather take charity than ask my son. He said, don't you ever hear from me? I hear from him once or twice a month. He writes some of the most sweetest letters I've ever read. Well, look, if he loved you as, as his mother and loved her enough, he uh, and had plenty of money to be trying to take care of her instead of you having to go to ch charity. He said, well, perhaps if he knew I was this way, he would. He would take care of me, but he doesn't know. And he said, he still writes you those sweet letters, all oh, some of the sweetest letters, and has some of the prettiest pictures you ever seen. Let me see some of them. And she went into her Bible and pulled them out. You know what it was? It was bank drafts. India had put pictures on their bank drafts, just as pretty pictures. She had thousands of dollars. And was living in poverty. In the ledger of her Bible, she had treasures that she just thought was pictures. And come to find out it had real value to it. He said, brother, when you try to read of a painted fire of Pentecost, something, somebody tries to tell you the Holy Spirit isn't the same today as it was then. Somebody tries to tell you the days of miracles are past. Jesus Christ ain't the same yesterday today. Them's not pictures. These are not pictures. God Almighty sent that message to you. It's for you and to your children and to them that are far off. In many as the Lord our God shall call. <coughs> he said, it's not pictures that's in the Bible. It's promises. He said, it's right here tonight. Enough promises to save the lost, to heal the sick, to fill with the Holy Ghost. Those who desire to be filled, the promises unto you and your children. But we look at them as just pictures. They're not just pictures. They're promises. There's life in those promises. Amen. There's healing in those promises. There's deliverance in those promises. He said that, you know, if the church is going to move in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, it'll have to be the original fire. Otherwise, no matter the shouting, the dancing, the jumping up and down, or sitting in your seat and not saying a word, that original fire is not there. There is no life. 
We need to be lit by the original fire. Moses needed that touch. We all need that touch. Amen. From the pulpit to the back door, we all need that, that touch. He tried to do it intellectually. You know, that's the way he said, that's what's the matter of our churches today. We try to school it. We try to bring it through reformation and education. He said, what the church needs is not that. They need a new birth, a baptism of the Holy Spirit, a touch of that sixth sense that sets the soul on fire. He said, when they begin to say days of miracles are past and those things are no such a thing as divine healing, God needs to touch that church. He said, that touch will bring you out of the rut. A lot of people, they want to put off being spiritual and really they're just in a rut. And they're sitting there like a bump on the log and, and they're still in the same old rut and the same old place. Listen, there's a touch that'll get you out of there. There's a touch that'll lift you up higher. Bring you out of your intellectual abilities and, and your intellectual thinking. Listen, this ain't about intellectualism. It's not. It's about the supernatural. You know, a man was being ordained one time. Brother Bam talks about it and said, Lord, and the elders stand around him. You know what they said? Lord, be with this brother. Keep him, Lord. No. They said, Lord, wrap him up in a burlap sack, pour kerosene on top of him, and set him afire for the gospel. <laughs> That's what we need today. On fire. Turn him loose and let him run. Hallelujah. Turn him loose and let him run. He said, I used to brand calves. And we took a calf, you know, and we'd rope him. I know I understand that's not right today. But rope a calf and hog time. We used to brand them down. Brand them. Someone said, aren't you ashamed to pack that hot iron and stick that thing to that poor calf's side? No. Listen, that, that wasn't my no. That's what the prophet said. I can give you the quote if you'd like. He said, No. I like that. We got to give some big theological answer. No, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. No, I'm not ashamed of the true experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, I'm not ashamed to proclaim my God's a healer. No, I'm not ashamed to say he's still the same today and he has the same wonders and the same miracles and the same power today. Aren't you ashamed to say God heals when your mother died? No. Because he's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. He's still a savior. Aren't you ashamed to say, amen, that God still saves when many are going away? No. Because I see he's still doing it. I see prodigals still coming home. You know what, if I, if I was you as a church, we're in the season of prodigals returning. So if I was you, I would get ready to have a party. Feel the, kill the fatty calf. Amen, start up the music. My son that was lost has come home. The scripture don't even hurt you to, ain't you ashamed? No! 
I stuck it on his side. He had a kicking fit. He squalled. He bellered. But when I turned him loose, he had a spasm and he really run around. But you know what he knew? He knew who he belonged to from then on. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. When God comes down with that branding iron, said, my son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Shh. Ah! God ain't ashamed of it. So why should we be ashamed of it? He wasn't ashamed of the original church acting like a bunch of drunk people. So why should we be ashamed of it? Well, I don't know about it. Okay. Get branded one time, then you'll know. It's not fun. It hurts. It's a painful experience. I told you the story. It wasn't a branding iron, but it was electrical. Remember that story? I told you here, first time I ever preached here. About that bull. Is in that, well, just in case you ain't heard, it's a good story. Bought some cattle, done sold all the cattle. Now, and now everything's gone tearing down fences. Ain't gonna have no more animals, Lord willing. And so, well, we bought these cows and for this lady, and she had this bull, and she said, Well, I don't, and I don't want the bull. So she said, Well, will you haul it off? I said, Sure. And so I went to go get it. She said she would have help, backed up to the truck or to the place she had him pinned up. He was not a happy camper. He was mad, 2,000 pounds. And I hadn't really at that time dealt with cows much. And so I was kind of nervous, <laughs> like looking at this bull and like, how am I going to handle this? My son was with me, Luke, but he was only a little small fellow, so he wasn't going to be much help either. And so, you know, I put feed in the trailer and I'm trying to coax him like, come on, man, make this easy. Just get in the trailer, please. <laughs> I got the gate wide open, man. Just go in the trailer. And he's like snorting and carrying on. And she, she said, well, she said, I'll tell you what, I'll go call some help. And I'm thinking, well, you're supposed to have help here, you know. But anyway, she goes out to get a signal. And I'm looking at this bull and I'm just saying, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Now, the last time I told this here, some sister thought I was going to tell a story about divine love. This wasn't divine love. <laughs> just go ahead and put that out straight. This was divine correction. Anyway, I got on the fence rail, and she had gave me this hot shot. I'd never used one before, but it had two prongs on the end of it and a nice little handy button. Never knew. I knew what it would do, but I didn't know what it would do. And so I was talking to this bull, trying to talk him into that thing, and he's getting madder, and he's getting up closer, and I'm, of course, I'm on a fence, so I feel fairly good. Next thing I know, he just slings his head, and when he does, a big ball of snot hit me right there in the face. And when I got from here down to here, I was a different man. I lost myself, Brother Tom. I hit that bull as hard as I could with everything I heard right in, the, right in his nose. Just pow! And he took off toward the trailer, and I jumped in the pen with him. And I'm running. I'm screaming at him. I'm like, I am the ultimate predator. I will kill you. I will put you in white packages. I will put you in my freezer. I will eat you if you don't get in the trailer. I know that's not politically correct, but that's exactly... Well, it was all going good till he got to the trailer. And he stops right in and he's just, Whoop! and I'm and I'm coming to myself. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? And I'm like, what do I do? And I, oh, I got this thing. That dude left all four feet and he jumped and hit the front of that trailer. Just, 
I slammed the door. Bam! I locked it. That woman come running around. She said, what's happened? I said, I don't know what's happened. All I know is the bull is in the trailer. I'll see you later. <laughs> we still talk about She's like my tax lady. We still talk about that. But I didn't realize the power of what I had in my hand. That thing had some power in it. It'd make a 2,000 mad, angry, Angus bull leave his feet and hit the back of the front of a trailer and jump and go. And I, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. I got to thinking about that. You know, we allow the devil to snort and snot all over our promises. We allow him to just camp down on things that God has given us. And we don't realize the power that's been given in our hands. There's two prongs here. It's the Old and New Testament. It's time you put him to him and say, devil, you get off my property. You get off my promise. You get away from my child. This is my God-given inheritance. Hallelujah. It's some of you need to realize that's not the devil's been slinging on you. You know why I got mad, Brother Tim? Because it wasn't my snot. It's time some of y'all realize that. The sin the devil's trying to put on you, that's not your sin. That's not your unbelief. That's not your fear. That's not yours. That's his. There is a power that'll put him in his place. There's a God rich in mercy that'll drive the devil out of here. Are you ashamed of that? No. He said, that calf knew who he was. He said, I tell you, brother, it takes a lot of grace to come up to an altar and stay there till the Holy Ghost burns that seal down on the inside of you. He said, then you may scream, you may cry, you may act funny, but from that time on, you'll know who you belong to. God's goodness and mercy. What a mighty God we serve. Moses... It changed his perspective on things very quickly. It changed everything. He, he had tried on his own intellectual ability and killed one Egyptian, ran running from, from Egypt from four, for 40 years. But he meets a burning bush, and he reveals to him what his purpose is and why he's here and who God is. And I've heard the cry. Of, I've, and he, and he, all of a sudden, it changes him to such a point that he gets a mule and a staff and his wife and his children, and he goes to Egypt to take over. Before the burning bush, he was running away from Egypt. Afterwards, he was running to Egypt. And he goes to take over. And you think about that. I mean, to the intellectual mind, that's retarded. I know that's not politically correct either, but that's what it is. To go and try with a rod and a donkey and a wife and a couple of children to go take over the mightiest army in the world. It seems so insane. But he had met somebody. He had met the burning fire of God. And he told him, Moses, you don't belong out here on the backside of the desert. You have been made for a purpose. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. He put something in him. It was a touch that he needed. You'd ask somebody, Moses, where in the world did you go? I'm going to Egypt to take over. A one-man evasion. But you know the thing of it was? He did it. 
<laughs> he had had an experience. He didn't care how many Egyptians he slew. First time he slew one, got in trouble and run. Next time he slew a whole army. And had a, he had an experience with God. He said, what the church needs tonight, not a schooling, but an experience to have faith, fire, spiritual, Holy Spirit and fire. Because it's not by power, not by my own abilities. Moses could not deliver. He tried by his own ability. It was impossible. But by the fire of God, he could. You know, Brother Branham had that experience with that turtle. And he finds a turtle, you know, and he's trying to get him to move, and he won't move. And he said he'd walk up to him and just suck up in that shell. And he'd swing his legs in and pull his heads up. And he said, I, I thought, well, so that kind of puts me in the mind of a whole lot of so-called Christians. You mentioned certain things, divine healing, Holy Ghost, and they just shoot right up in their shell. He said, well, we wanted to see that turtle move. And he said, I want to see the church move too. But he couldn't move till he got his legs working. And the church won't move till the whole body goes to work. He said, I'll tell you just a minute, brother. I'll make him move. He said, I got him a switch and I poured it on him. He said, it didn't do no good. He said, you can beat it into him. The more you whip, the tighter, the tighter he closed up. And I thought after a little while, well, how can I make him move? And I took him down to a little, a little creek. And I said, if he don't move, I'll put him in the water. That'll make him move. And he said, nothing but a few bubbles come up. Blah, 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 blah. He said, I know you have all kinds of baptisms, sprinklings, pourings, all kinds of things. But what happens? They go down a dry center, come up a wet one. Doesn't do no good. He said, but you know what I got? He said, I got me a few sticks and a little piece of paper. And I made a fire and I set the old boy on him. He moved in. He moved in, and he said, if there's anything that will move the church of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost falling again, not some new way to baptize, not some new theology, but the Holy Ghost fall on the church, the fire of God. He said, but the problem is we take the fire off the altar. And that's what we need to do. Ministers, that ought to be their goal and ambition is to come up here with a few sticks, put them together, put a little piece of paper on it, and let it burn. That's what happened to was Isaiah. said It was like fire shut up in my bones. Something had to happen. Something had to take place. It wasn't just a little sputter and a little spit. It was a fire of God. He said, church needs tonight, not a whipping, not a theology, but the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. It's going to make the church move, set the church of fire with the gospel, set the church of God down through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That'll make them move. Praise God forever. That's what it takes to make them move under the blood, and the blood brings the fire, and the fire begins to go up, and as it begins to make smoke, that smoke goes up to the, to the Savior, and it makes a sweet-smelling savor to our God. So without fire, you can't have incense. Without fire, you can't have true worship. Without all of these things together working in harmony. That's why he said, I want ones that can worship me in spirit and in truth. Not just one or the other. We need both of them. He talks about the car. He said, you can't make it go down the road unless there's a fire. 
We're, we're getting ready to go off as our astronauts. You talk about in the countdown. He said, we're as astronauts ready to lift off out of this atmosphere into another place. But you cannot do that without fire. God is a God of fire. And we know that the true fire of God has been restored in this day. Listen, as I said, Moses didn't light the fire. Aaron didn't light the fire. And, and, and no prophet throughout the ages ever light the fire. William Branham did not light this fire. No, no, this is a fire lit by God. We can read about it in 1 Kings. We know the story of Elijah as he called him. He said, if, he said they, they was halting between two opinions, Baal and God. And he said, whoever answers by fire, let him be God. And you know, we know, we know the story of how, how he, they, he told him how to do it and said, you're going to put, put the animal on the altar and you're going to do this. He said, but don't put no fire on it because the God who answers, let him, be, let him be the one that's God that answers by fire. And we know how they done. They put it there and they danced, they shouted, they carried on, they cut themselves. And Elijah even began to say, well, maybe he sleeps, maybe he's went on a journey, holler a little louder. And they hollered out, listen, Brother Branham said, these were sincere people. That's what he said. They were sincere people. He said, but they just didn't have the one who had the fire. <laughs> he said, but then after they had destroyed it all, and through the, he said, all right, that's enough. He said, now, it's a, and then we know the story. It was in the evening time when the evening time offering was to be made. And here he comes and he brings all the stones, the 12 stones back together, builds the altar again, puts the sacrifice there on, asks for barrels of water to be brought two times to be, just to fill it all up. The, the trench around it was full. All of it was covered and soaked with water because he wanted to leave no doubt. Amen. This is of God. Listen, I believe that we have had a message in this hour that has left no doubt. This is God. It's not man. Man cannot do these things. Man cannot tell these things. Man, it was the fire of God that told those things. Listen, you get the fire in the building, miracles will take place. I, even Brother Brandon would even say, how many times would he say, you know who I'm waiting on. I can't do nothing unless he comes. And they would wait, and he would seemingly stall for it seemed like a 10, 15, whatever minutes it took, and then all of a sudden he said, he's here. And it changed. He said, it's here, and now I take every devil under my control for the glory of God. Who was giving him that authority? The fire was giving him that authority. The pillar of fire that we have witnessed in this day. And Elijah builds the altar back. And he said, God, I've done everything according to thy word. And the fire fell. And it consumed the sacrifice. And it consumed the water. It consumed it all. Our God is a consuming fire. This message has brought the fire back again to the church of the living God. It's not William Branham's fire. It's not my fire. It's the fire of Almighty God. And he moves service after service, time after time after time. In the evening time sacrifice, the altar has been restored. True worship has been restored. The sacrifice is back in its place. 
Everything is in order. And the fire has come in our generation to witness that this is of God. It's not of man. People can say what they want to, but what we have is not of man. No man could tell the things that 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 man told. But who was telling it? The fire was telling it. The fire knew the address. The fire knew the condition. (laughs) The fire knew the issues. He could go back, that fire could go back 40 years before, 40 years after. It mattered not. Time mattered not to the fire. Time, nothing mattered to the fire. No sickness mattered to the fire. Because it's an all-consuming fire. Hallelujah. Cancer didn't stand in the way of this fire. High blood pressure don't stand in the way of this fire. Whatever thing you're dealing with tonight does not stand in the presence of this fire. You say, well, Brother Timothy, we got a lot of issues going on around us. Do you not know all the things that are happening and the signs? Yes, I, I, I see them. I see that we're in, a, in an atmosphere for destruction like never before. They just come out the other day. What, how many? Just a few, 90 seconds or so to midnight. Science is declaring it. The world is declaring it. People are trembling. They're worried and discouraged and don't know where to turn to. And they're moving around and trying to find stability and what they can get to and some safety. We're actually seeing the fulfillment of of even even the wise and the foolish virgins looking for oil and not having it, realizing it. And all these things are taking place. Sometimes it's real easy to get our eyes on all the circumstances around us. We see inflation and we see gas prices and we see... You know, I was doing this study on this light of how it's followed all the way down through the Bible and got to the point where just a few months ago, Brother Brown, I was in the part of the star that led the wise men. And he said, why were there wise men looking for that star? And he said, actually, he'd say, they called it a star. He said, but it was a supernatural light. (laughs) And he said, it began to move and burn, and and it would go out. When they'd go into Jerusalem, it'd go out, and then it would come back and appear again. He said, but why were they even looking for it? He said, because hundreds of years before, the children of Israel were taken into captivity down into that place, and the scrolls of Daniel were given. God orchestrating things. God making a way. Because there had to be men that would see that star and would come to worship him. Yeah. <laughs> and then here we come in our generation. And why? Why is there somebody that's looking for a star, looking for a light? And they're followers of that light. And when that light moves, they move. And where it stops, they stop. He said, Joseph, that night, no doubt was wondering, why in the world am I being taken? My wife's 
right at childbirth and why why is this happening why why have I been taxed and I have to not just give a tax I got to go to where I was born why is all this he said so the word of God could be fulfilled and the light was there. And he said, I can see Joseph as he got off the, got helped Mary off the mule that night right before they got to Bethlehem. And he said he was making a few things, preparations for her to lay down. And he looked up and he saw that light begin to shimmer. And he thought, wow, that's interesting. And Mary would say, do you see that? He said, I've been watching it for a while. He said, why was the taxation taking place? Why was all the trouble? Because the word had to be fulfilled. Why are we going through what we're going through? Why? I know we get so tore up about politics and and this one and that one. You know, as a red-blooded American, I'm not happy with ours either. But that's not who I am. I'm a son of God. And I know some have to be in power. Amen. There had to be a Pharaoh that knew not Moses. Or not Joseph. There had to be, there had to be placed people in power. Herod had to be in power. God places them there. He does it. He lifts up kingdoms. He pulls down kingdoms. He's allowed it to come to this time and to this place and to this moment. So don't get your eyes on what's around you. You say, Brother Timothy, I feel surrounded. It seems impossible. Well, let me tell you, there's more for you than there is against you. Hallelujah. I remember a story of a servant. One morning he got up and he walked out and he stretched out on that balcony that morning and he reached over and he grabbed him a good hot cup of coffee and he began to sip on it and he began to look around and he said, whoa, wait a minute. There's Syrians here. What is happening? They wasn't here when I went to bed, but they're here when I got up. Let me check the other side of the house. And he runs around the other side. There's Syrians over here too. Let me go get the prophet. Let me see what he's going to say about it. Hey, hey, Elisha, wake up. There's disaster that's going on. There's problems that's happening. It's something we're not prepared for. There's Syrians all around us. Elisha walks out and he looks all around and said, yeah, but buddy, there's more for us than there is against us. Will you make me a cup of coffee too? I appreciate it. He walks back in. And this man's just trembling. Elisha, you hadn't looked at the other side of the house. Go over. There's more for us than there is against us. And he reaches over and he said, Lord, open this boy's eyes. And his eyes come open. And not, they wasn't the ones that were surrounded. The Syrians were the ones that were surrounded. All around them was chariots of fire and angels of fire that had surrounded them. You say, I'm surrounded by cancer. No, your cancer is surrounded by your God. You say, well, I'm surrounded by death. No, your death is surrounded by God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It ain't you that's surrounded. It's your enemy that's surrounded. Hallelujah. You say, my son is surrounded by drugs, and he's surrounded by this, that, and the other. No, your son is surrounded by angels that's been commissioned to go there by prayers that's been made. Hallelujah. 
them. There's more for them than there is against them. Oh, come on, church of the living God. If you can realize tonight, you come in here feeling surrounded. You come in here feeling down and depressed. God, open our eyes. Let us see angels of fire and chariots of fire that are moving on our behalf. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. Hallelujah. You may be surrounded by depression. You may be surrounded by fear and anxiety. You may be surrounded by every kind of devil in hell. Line them all up. You may feel like every devil in hell is against you, but there's still more for you than there's against you. Hallelujah. There's an innumerable force of angels that's been dispatched for the bride of Jesus Christ. We are not alone. We are not by ourselves. God is with us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Cancer can't stand. Sugar diabetes can't stand. Sin will not hold them. We're surrounded by fire. I can't remember if I told this, but something that's very special to me. Going through the hardest time of my life. My mom's, and she would begin to go in decline. Talking about feeling like surrounded, I felt surrounded. I felt outnumbered. I'd get up and preach, and I'd preach faith, and I'd preach. You know, the devil's always in your ear. Yeah, well, what about this, and what about that? So I'd actually been invited to go to Brother Ron's and then to Josh Bennett's the next weekend. And then me and my wife was going to take a little, a little moment in between for our 25th anniversary. And I didn't know if I should go because my mom was in the hospital and, and I was just tore up about it. And I went to visit her on a Tuesday and I was supposed to fly out Thursday. And she's sitting there in that hospital, didn't know where she was at. Knew who she was, knew who I was, but thought she was at home, and she was so confused. And I'd sit there, and she'd just look at me all wide-eyed and scared and confused. And I'd just grab her hand, and I'd start singing, Only believe, only believe, all things are possible. You could just see it, just peace just begin to settle over her. And she'd been telling me, she, she thought she was at home. She didn't know what day it was. It's on a Tuesday. And as I was singing that, she opened her eyes. She looked at me. She said, are you preaching tomorrow night? I said, yeah. She said, I'm going to be there to hear you. And so, sure enough, she got up about 4 o'clock the next morning, getting ready to go to church. My dad's with, with her, and he's like, look, it's, it's still 4 a.m. Go to sleep, you know, and get some rest. And had to get her settled back down, and she wanted, there was something in her, I want to get to church. And she would be actually dismissed. We didn't know if she'd even be dismissed, but she'd be dismissed about five, four or five o'clock, and they would come straight to church. And that would be the last time I would minister to her. And, 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 and so, you know, it was, and so I, in that moment, I started speaking with my dad, and he said, well, I believe we're at a Red Sea moment. We're either going to go forward, speak and go forward, or we're going to just back up. He said, so I feel like you should go. Just go. God will take care of it. 
whatever it is. And so I left feeling a little better because she was home. But as I was getting ready to fly out, they, the doctors had called and said they found something in her heart, wanted her to come back for a check, uh, another test and things. And so as me and Sister Ruth are flying out, she's going back into the hospital. And uh, she would stay a few days and then get out. And while, we're at, while we were gone, she was out of the hospital. And then the day we'd fly home, she'd go back into the hospital and she wouldn't come out again. But while I'm at Brother Ron's, I'm feeling just really surrounded. And my wife been praying the Lord just to show something to me very directly. And, and so I'm, I'm preaching on, on, a, on a God who answers on Sunday morning. And I walk around to the front of his pulpit. There's a little round spot he has there on his platform. And, and I'm at the end of my sermon. And I, my, I'd been away from my iPad till it had shut off. And it was still laying open, but it was shut off. Went, went blank. And I was talking about the three Hebrew children, how they come to the fire. And they come to that fiery moment, but it takes a fire to produce a fourth man. And they wasn't, they ended up not being surrounded by fire, but surrounded by him. And so I was just talking about these things of how, you know, just going out, Brother Branham talked about, he was looking over and this angel came and that angel came and this one said, you know, all the story. He, he said, he, he said, no, this is a job for me. And he throwed off this kingly robes and Grabbed a, a zigzag of lightning and east and west wind and down in the fire he went. As I'm speaking, and I, I begin to speak, I said, down into the fire he came. All of a sudden I hear a voice. And I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from, like what is happening. And I'm looking around and my iPad had come back on. Brother Ron sitting behind it, saw it flash over and it got his attention. Saw it change off my notes and pull up the, uh, the message and pull up, go through the tapes, pick a tape, play it, push play on the tape. And I hear Brother Brown's voice. He said, he said, I love that old song. He said, it's one that Booth Cliburn wrote in a cornfield. And he goes in a little detail about it. And he says, he said, because it, it expresses the extreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the day we live in. He said, when they want to try to make him just a man, but he's more than a man, he's God. And I walked around and I'm seeing my eye, and I don't have an Apple Watch that would turn it on. It just came on. And I see it, and, and it stops. And, and I look at the sermon that's playing. I believe it was the worst sinner in the city. And, and I'm just trying to get my mind about what's happening. And, and I'm like, what, what song was that? And at the time, I thought it was Only Believe for some reason. And I, I knew that wasn't correct. But, but we just started worshiping the Lord. And anyway, I got to the back and I said, no, that wasn't right. Who is, what did he write? And, what, what? and I opened it up and it was down from his glory, ever living story. Here I'm talking about, he came down into the fire. And Brother Branham begins to talk about this song. So I would leave his and I would go on our little anniversary trip, go to Brother Josh Bennett's. Seemed like things were working toward the good for my mom. Seemed like things were moving because I, I fully expected, well, that's my answer for her healing, you know. That's, that's it. I, she's healed. And so I, 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 I get go flying home on the next Monday or Tuesday. And as I'm landing, she's being take back, taken back to the hospital. She would have more brain bleeds and things. And things would happen. And she would just decline, decline. She would pass, that was the end of June. She would pass away the 1st of August. Never come out of the hospital. And, but as I come, come there, I flew in. The next day, I'd go see her. Now, they had taken her. And she had not spoke 
for 18 hours to nobody, hadn't said a word. Just look off in space. Me and my dad walked into that ICU room and the, the doctor was there for a minute and the doctor left and I walked in and I walked right up to my mom and I said, Mom, and she turned and she looked at me and I said, I'm here to tell you something. God's in the fire with us. And she looked at me, hadn't said nothing in 18 hours. And she goes, down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior came, and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his own. Sang the whole verse. Then she goes, oh, how I love him. She lifts her hands up and tears begin to come down her eyes. Oh, how I adore him. And she just breaks apart. We just fall together as I begin to think, okay, this is, this is her healing. This is her deliverance. This is over. It's done. And that was my faith until the moment she took her last breath. And hours later, as I'm laying there like, Lord, I thought that this was for her healing. I thought that this was for her. And he spoke to me and said, no, son. That was all for you. I wanted you to know you was about to go through the fire, but I'm with you. I wanted you to know you was going to feel like you were surrounded, but I am with you. Oh, if I could just get something across to you tonight, you are not alone. Hallelujah. The God of the fire is in the fire. He is with you, even in you, to the end of the world. Hallelujah. Listen, it may look like you're surrounded. It may look impossible. But God opened our eyes to see there's more for us. There's God with us. There's angels with us. There's angels that's been dispatched. Listen, there's right now angels that's being dispatched to your children because of the prayers that you have prayed. Don't you give up. Don't you walk away from it. You hold on because the angel is on the way. I know he does that. I've witnessed him to do that. He'll get them out of a bed and he'll drag them to church in their pajamas. And seven years later, still serving God today. He's that kind of God. And he wants to be worshipped. He wants to be praised. Musicians can come. Amen. Can you open your hearts to him this morning or this evening and say, God, oh, how I love you. Oh, how I adore you. You're my strength. You're my song. You're everything that I have need of, Lord. (laughs) Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe you ain't said a word to him in 18 hours, but right now is your opportunity. I want to worship him. Amen. That's what he desires right now. That's what that, that's what that tape was, washing Jesus' feet. Amen. He wants somebody that said, Lord, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to make you welcome. Every service in my life, every part, every fiber, every place, I open it all up. Let the fire burn.
and whatever stubble and whatever's man-made, let it be burnt out of my life. If it's my complexes, Lord, burn them out. Some people get so bound up by things that's been passed on through generations and generations. Complexes that's been passed out generation after generation. But he is the breaker of chains. He's the breaker of complexes. You can walk away from that thing. Let the fire fall. Let it fall in our hearts. Amen. Just whatever, brother. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Burn on, Lord. Burn yeah. on, Lord Jesus. That's Lord, it. Fire of God, burn on. Yes. Burn on, Lord. Burn on. Yes, Jesus. Fire of God. Burn on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Burn into every heart, Lord. Break the hardest hearts, Lord. Maybe this is okay, Brother Tom. Let's just have a moment of real worship right now. But Lord, I, I just want to take a moment to wash your feet. I feel your fire among us. Fear the burning power of the Holy Ghost right here. I'm not going to leave you this evening of dirty feet. Maybe it'd be just a good moment to open this altar up. Or your seat up. Wherever you want to go. And say, God, I want to have a personal moment with you. I need Jesus. Burn on, Jesus. Fire of God, burn on. Oh, mom and daddies, we want our children on fire with God. You know who it starts with? It starts with you. You want your children to worship? You know who it starts with? It starts with you. You want to personally, your children, to have a personal relationship with God? It starts with you. Hallelujah. Burn on, oh power of God. Burn out all the sin out of our life. The lukewarmness out of our life. Spirits that have tried to attach themselves. Burn them away, God. Change my heart, oh God. Hallelujah. Let's sing that, brother. Oh, every living story. Yes, Lord. My God and Savior came. same fire of God. Come on now, you allow coldness to come in, lukewarmness, get rid of it. You let your love affair die down with God, get rid of it. Say, God, renew that love. Oh,
Father, my satisfying portion. Hallelujah. believe the Holy Spirit's finished moving. I really don't. I'm sorry. If you have to leave, why don't you leave? 
you can go leave. But when the fire of God is around, we love to be around that kind of fire. Saints of God, don't limit God. Don't let, let this moment pass by. Anytime I've seen a fire build, I see people running to find where that fire is. And I'm looking at a few people that are burning up this evening. Why isn't there somebody behind them praying for them? Why isn't somebody coming around that fire and saying, Oh, Holy Ghost, why don't you burn on in their lives? And once you start praying for them, you watch God start burning your soul up. Maybe you want to come up and you want to pray with somebody that's here. I say, oh, fire of God, burn on. Oh, how I love him. How I Somebody, saints of God, deacons, elders. Hallelujah. Burn on, Holy Spirit, burn on till all my dross is burned away. Prepare us for that testing day. Some of you need to come and have that experience. You can have it in your pew. You can come up front. Just lift up your voice and say, Oh God, burn out the old man. Let the Holy Ghost and fire. Let me be consumed with you. God burn on. How great you are. How holy you are. How righteous you are. Glory, 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 glory to the Lamb. I believe we can praise Him tonight and we can worship Him. The God of fire. He's a consuming fire. When those four, three men were in the fire, it was the fire that loosed their bands. Lord, loose the bands of your people. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. give you some time to do a great work within our hearts, Lord. You can take young men and young women, Lord. Don't let them be consumed by the world, but let them be consumed by Almighty God. Glory, glory. 
glory, 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 glory. Do a great work. We've heard so much tonight, Lord, of the consuming fire. More for us than there are against us, surrounded by the very presence of the great I am. Jesus, we ask that you break every chain tonight, Lord. Every rope of bondage, let them be burned up by the power of the pillar of fire himself. As a songwriter said, we indeed have the pillar of fire. Holy Ghost, we welcome you, we welcome you, we welcome you, Lord. Father, we do want to be the same again. We want to know we've had an encounter with that same pillar of fire. Glory. Hallelujah.
Jesus, for your dealing, Lord. tonight different ones have raised your hands and now you're praising God have you been delivered is the Holy Spirit can still kindling within your heart tonight Heavenly Father, we love your presence this evening. 
Heavenly Father, as you come to confirm your word with signs following, we rejoice in the goodness of Almighty God. We never heard the words of a man, but we heard the words of the living God. You've come to confirm your word in the hearts of your children tonight, and we rejoice in that, Lord. We don't want it for a moment. We want it for eternity. That when you burn it away, Lord, it's gone forever. And Father, light their souls on fire for the glory of God. We bless your holy name. We thank you that we can bask in your presence tonight. We're thankful that there are still people wanting to yield to the very presence of Jesus Christ. Lord, you're alive and you're living in a people and you're dealing with our hearts and we want to give you all the glory due your holy name. There is a fire that fell at Pentecost and baptized them. There's the same fire that's alive today. Lord, the enemy would love to put out that kind of fire, but we're going to proclaim that the fire of God is still burning, burning, burning deeply within the hearts of your children. And so we ask, Lord, that you will consume these sacrifices tonight with the glory of your presence. As we will return home, Lord, may the same presence that is here continue to burn on within their hearts and their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. That little chorus we sing, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus, more.
that's the secret. That's your secret tonight. Whatever the Holy Spirit burned out of your lives tonight, don't you dare pick up that charcoal. It's only charcoal now. It has no value. Just let it go. And let the Holy Spirit just continue to fan the fire. I had written down here a little thing that I had known. It says, drop a match in a forest and it will burn thousands of acres. I believe a match was dropped here tonight. Amen. I believe a match has been lit tonight. And because of that match, it's going to cause a forest going to cause a forest fire not just in a life but in a family can you rejoice tonight there's going to be a forest fire amongst the church at Cloverdale by the way not just the man catches fire the whole place goes up in smoke that's only half the sentence you drop a match it causes a forest fire Levi drop a match but drop an ice cube and it spreads an inch you want to put an ice cube on the fire it only goes an inch but get the fire of God will burn down a forest I say Lord burn down the forest brother Ryan can I ask you a favor did you know what's coming you know it coming my, one of my favorite songs fourth man in the fire. Amen, Kenzie. It's a fourth man. Lit that fire. We can rejoice. When one rejoices, I, I rejoice. My, 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 my. How do we start it, Brother Ryan?
right now. Just thank him for being present. Thank him for touching our hearts and our lives. Heavenly Father, once more, we want to give you a thanksgiving offering. Faithful Holy Spirit, coming by our way, dealing with our lives, moving us higher and deeper in the love of Jesus Christ. Would you blanket this little assembly, Lord? We're thankful for Brother Timothy Pruitt, the gift of God that lays within his heart. I pray, Lord, that as he goes into these meetings this weekend with Brother Kelly Hildebrand, I pray that that same presence, Lord, will go before him. Move upon the people. May it be a special time in the presence of Jesus Christ. Watch over Brother Timothy and Sister Ruth, Lord. Sister Katie, may they return home with a thanksgiving in their hearts that Jesus was with them every step of the way. Would you bless your children now as they go home and rejoice, speak about him, speak about what's happened in their own hearts tonight. It's an eternal work, Lord. It's not just a flash in the pan, but it's eternal. Bless your children now as they go their way in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus fights for me. Bless you, saints. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.